The following program may contain coarse language and is intended for an adult audience. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Are you ready? Can you feel it? Change is a coming. Radio Free G. No topic is sacred. No view is unchallenged. Visit RadioFreeG.blogspot.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Welcome to your new world. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm your host, Radio Free G. It is Easter weekend, 2009, and we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of the new harmonized sales tax coming to Ontario. This will affect every single person living in Ontario, Canada, and not in a good way. I'm going to give you both the official Ministry of Finance propaganda website, and then I'm going to give you just one of the dissenting sites out there. It's called the Durham Report. Links will be up on the website, radiofreeg.blogspot.com. In the short run, people aren't going to really notice a difference. In the long run, and by long run I mean anything after 2011 when we have our next election and the Liberals cakewalk to another victory because the only real alternative to voting for the Liberals is voting for the Ontario Conservative Party, which still has the the PC moniker. However, those guys can't get their heads out of their asses. They've been mismanaged ever since Ernie Eves decided to come back from, I think he was working for... Credit Suisse or something. He was working in the States as a banker and he came back to, to take over the mantle from Mike Harris. He, he came back and, you know, this guy, he, he looked like suave, sophisticated. He always had the perfectly coiffed hair, the big pinky ring. You know, he looked like a gangster, but he was part of that first common sense revolution that swept Mike Harris into back to back governments. Ernie Eves comes back and, you know, starting with the election in 2003, he, he kind of flip-flopped all over the place. Uh, he, he, he didn't stick to his hard right agenda, even though the party platform that he promised, uh, that he released called The Road Ahead, it was a hard right agenda, but then they flipped. He was saying one thing, then he decided to bring up something else, and the liberals, led by Dalton McGinty, and really this, this was McGinty's last kick at the can. If he didn't win this election, he was going to be turfed. He was going to get sent back to Ottawa. They pulled in Obama before Obama did. They simply campaigned as, we are the government in waiting, and their slogan was just, change. So I don't know if, you know, maybe Obama stole something from the liberal Ontario party, but all they did was they said, let us in. And he made promise after promise after promise. Yeah, we want this, we'll do that. Yeah, I want my street paved in gold. Sure, no problem, buddy. By the way, I also want to... A pet duck that shits gold bricks. Hey, you got it. It's yours. And on and on and on. And the, the amount of promises that were broken as soon as Dalton McGinty and the Liberals took power is, is legion. I'm not going to get into that because it's in the past. I want to talk about the PC party. Ernie Eves, first of all, like I said, managed it into the ground, pulled all sorts of stunts. He delivered budgets at, uh, corporate headquarters. Uh, that's uh, Magna International. Instead of doing it in the legislature, why someone would do that, I don't know. Um, if you're the Conservative Party, you shouldn't really be doing things like that. You would expect that from, say, the NDP, 
from the loonies on the left, but not from someone who is supposed to be carrying the mantle for tradition and standards. So it right from Ernie Eves, then we get that that genius uh, C student John Tory coming in. Yeah, he had success in the private sector where he was working. Uh, I, I believe he was uh, part of the Rogers umbrella of companies, and he you know ran that company very very well. But we all know that uh, I've had my beef with Rogers in the past on this show. And John Tory comes in. The last election that he ran, again, flip-flop right at the end, made some terrible mistakes. McGinty was ripe for the picking. He did nothing. Couldn't even get elected. For the past couple years, he's been, he's been going all over the place. He hasn't been a sitting member of the legislature. How can you govern if you're not in the legislature? And he went from, I, I, I don't know, I think he ran twice. He just recently got defeated um, in some other town that seemed to just be plucked out of nowhere. He just he just threw a map, he just threw a dart at the map of Ontario, and he came across this one riding. I don't have the woman's name who was the uh, the uh, conservative member from that riding, but she was she was uh, uh, apparently very very competent person. Uh, it was a liberal riding for the past I don't know how many elections. She managed to take that. They thought it was a safe riding for John Tory to run in. And of course, the people there said, well, why is this guy coming here? Uh, uh, how is he going to look after the interests of my riding? The guy doesn't live there. He's never been there. Like It's just ludicrous on all counts. So we have that guy, and the liberal, uh, sorry, the conservative party has basically been without a head, without a functioning head for years. Do they have time to come in and change some of the items that are happening? Maybe. Do they have time to mount an offensive? Maybe. They will be having a leadership elections, or they will be having a leadership convention soon to elect a new leader. But honestly, I don't think they're going to get things on the right track. The HST item, the harmonized sales tax, seems to be where maybe, maybe somebody can draw, can wedge themselves into the debate and make a go of, you know, trying to oust the Liberal Party. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for everything that's happened in the past with all the broken promises. I mean, you know, Ontario's still functioning. Um, it's not like he's done anything terrible. Um, I wouldn't say that it's been my particular cup of tea, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> the one thing about government is it has to be stable. Uh, and you, you want people to do what they say they're going to do, right or wrong. Going back to the Mike Harris example, he was swept in first with the common sense revolution, said what he was going to do, and he did it. And he'd encountered, you know, tons of flack for it. But then, when he ran the second time, he said, yeah, I did it, I'm not sorry, and here's again what I'm going to do, I'm going to keep on doing it. And he was elected again. So there is something to be said for consistency and staying true to your word. Yes, we're not going to try and get it. I don't want to get bogged down in uh, many of the American-style politics where even changing your mind is seen as weakness. No, you should be able to change your mind. You are the party in power. Uh, if 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 you say you're going to do something, then you once you get into power and have all of the resources of government at your fingertips, you can see, oh, well, I guess I was overstating the case. You're allowed to do that on some things, but not to the extent that the McGinty government did it when they first came into power in 2007. That, that is uh, 
as I said before, that cannot be allowed to happen. I think they even went to court. Someone someone tried to raise the issue, and the court said that um, those involved in an election cannot be held responsible and cannot cannot be made to uphold any campaign promises that they make. So even the court is telling you campaign promises are useless. A sad state of affairs, not the focus of this show. focus of this show is the HST, the Harmonized Sales Tax. Some of you may not know what it is, because we've never had it in Ontario before. There's only, uh, I believe, three provinces in Canada that actually use this, this form of taxation. So I'm going to play a quick promo for the phone line, because I hope everyone has an opinion on this. You should, if you're living in Ontario. Uh, uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say on it. I'm going to play a quick promo for the phone line. When I come back, I'm going to explain to you what the HST is, give you the government propaganda, give you the outsider views, and I'll leave it up to you to make up your own mind on it. Hey, McGinty, I'm still waiting for my gold brick shitting goose. So you think I'm full of shit? You think you could do any better? Got a comment, question, idea? Send it along to one 494 2263 That's one g band Available toll-free across North America. Call the G-Band and make your opinion count. Call 1-888-494-2263 now. So let's get into what exactly the HST is as it is viewed by the Liberal government. Well, Liberal, for now, government. I mean, we'll see again if the PCs can do anything and uh, try and right this ship. This information here comes from the Ontario Budget 2009 Backgrounder Comprehensive Tax Reform Package published by the Ministry of Finance for Ontario. Of course, links will be up on the website so you can check this out for yourself, get the primary documents, and make up your own mind. Welcome to your new world. It's going to be up at radiofreeg.blogspot.com. So, the uh, HST is going, the harmonized sales tax is going to be coming in starting July 1, 2010. They say in their comprehensive tax reform package that the more than 130 countries, along with four Canadian provinces, have adopted a value-added tax. This is what they're calling the HST. I think they're wrong on that with four Canadian provinces. I believe it was only three. Um, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland. Could be wrong on that, but maybe they're already including Ontario as part of the four. I don't know. Um, anyways, apart from that one small item, it goes, the uh, backgrounder goes into explaining what the sales tax reform will do and some of the items that have unique requirements. For instance, uh, books, children's clothing, footwear, diapers, car seats, booster seats, feminine hygiene products, they're all exempt from the 8% portion of the tax. They already are exempt from that 8% portion of the tax. But they're trumpeting it as if it's something spectacular that makes everything okay. There's going to be some... Um, provisions for people buying new homes. There's going to be a huge outlay for businesses who are going to have to change their uh, point of sale, their financial, and their accounting systems. Now, granted, this is going to make some work for some people, which you know is never a bad thing because everyone has to get prepped. The last time they changed the GST and they dropped it by 1%, people were uh, gainfully employed for months making that fix and making sure testing all the systems changing all their spreadsheets. This, however, is going to be money given to 
up to $400 million in one-time sales tax credits to businesses to allow them and help them to make this change. We're going to come back to businesses on this. There's also tax relief for the people. Everyone's going to get, you know, a check for 100 bucks, something like that. Uh, all of these checks that the government gives us, they're, 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 they amount to less than nothing. Um, it's money that you've taken from me that you're giving back to me. That's really all it is. When you get money back from the government, they've taken too much and they have to give it back to you. Really, they should take less to start. And then let me keep more of the money that I have. I don't mind if you provide services. However, another, I don't, didn't want to go backwards, but just to bring up one of the items that McGinty came in and brought in, the $900 health tax, which essentially is what it was, it was a, it was a tax, um, that he received tons of flag for, and I hope that people have not forgotten this, ever, but we already have OHIP. Uh, we already have health insurance, and this $900 was simply simply a money grab by the McGinty government. Anyways, this is how it's going to be of a benefit to you, according to the Ontario government. This is how the HST is going to help you. They estimate, by they meaning the government, about 6.5 million families and individuals in Ontario would receive sales tax transition benefits. There's a chart there. You can go and look up your annual income and find out what your benefit is going to be. A small uh, personal income tax relief. Again, this is just at the very beginning of the procedure. Once we get to the critics of the HST, you'll see how, yeah, right now, today, maybe it helps me out. It might even be revenue neutral. But whenever a government throws around terms like revenue neutral, you have to be aware, because it's only revenue neutral today. Let's get to the good stuff and talk about the tax cuts for the businesses. $4.5 billion of business tax relief over the next three years to help lower business costs. Yes, will it be a little bit easier for businesses having to only file one tax return? I believe so. And there will be additional cuts to certain rates that are, that are happening in the Corporate Income Tax Act. And overall, we would have a federal and provincial combined tax rate for business of about 25%, which is currently less than the average OECD corporate tax rate of 26.7%. Okay, anything that helps Ontario become more competitive for jobs and investment, I'm all for it. However, this is where the criticisms start to come in. And I'm going to start with this whole notion of making the businesses more competitive. And we will get to that right after this, which, hey, we want to have a competitive business, we've got to have products to sell. Back in 30 seconds. Dare to be different. Radio Free G already looks after your mind. Be your own trendsetter. Now, let Radio Free G look after your body. Head to cafepress.com slash Radio Free G for the official swag shop. It's not about the designers or the price, but how you rock it. Now you can show your support for your favorite podcast by wearing the Magneto Award winning Radio Free G logo. And it starts with confidence. For the ultimate and cool swag. For those who have something to say. Head to cafepress.com slash Radio Free G. 
Let me say first about tax and businesses. If anyone out there, within the sound of my voice, has taken even the most basic of basic introduction to business classes, microeconomic, macroeconomic, college level, university, even if some of you were, had, the, had the chance to take some economic classes, if they offered them in your high school, you know that when it comes to taxation and businesses, it's a wash. Businesses don't really pay tax. Yes, they do. Yes, they fill out the forms and they and and they uh, uh, calculate their their input credits as the year goes on. But on the whole, businesses pay their taxes by passing the cost on to the final consumer. A business will not go out of business because it's paying too much tax. It will raise the price of its goods. It's a cost of business that has to be covered by the selling price of whatever it is that they are selling. So you can say you're going to lower this and lower that and it's going to be good for businesses and it'll save them money and that's, that's fine for the businesses. But if it costs the business one penny more, you know who's paying that one penny. This guy. And everyone else in the listenership out there. We are all consumers at some point. Some of you may own your own businesses. You will be cheering this. But don't forget, you are a consumer as well. You are ultimately a consumer when it comes to all of the household items that you need. You don't exist in the vacuum of the corporation. You're here, you're gone. You are a temporal being. And you need the necessities of life. And you pay for that. As the consumer, your costs are going to go up, as uh, illustrated perfectly on uh, from the website, the Durham Report. Uh, they have a posting for April 5, 2009. They, and of course, links again up at the website, radiofreeg.blogspot.com. You will be able to see how uh, one of the authors of the Durham Report goes through and uh, actually lists out what it's going to cost him how much he's going to save, how much he's going to pay extra. Now, it's not an exhaustive exercise. Uh, for instance, looking up everything in the supermarket that you will and will not pay tax on is crazy. It would take forever. I don't think that it would accomplish much. So he uses some generalizations, and, and I think that they're good general generalizations. You can make the case to say, yes, these will help portray an accurate picture, uh, uh, even though it's not an exhaustive calculation. And on items such as, and these are items that I think will pretty much affect the vast majority of people living in Ontario. Housing, transportation, insurance, phone, TV, uh, cellular phones, anything that used to have only one particular component of tax is now going to go up considerably because the entire tax amount, the entire HST is going to be charged towards that bill. On all of these items, on your gasoline, on, on everything that you purchase on a day-to-day -day basis, you will be paying more. In the immediate, short-term perspective, it will be offset by some of the credits that you, that you will be receiving from the government. However, the prices that you're going to pay for those items will eventually go up, and they will be flying up. The cost for electricity in Ontario 
as ridiculously cheap as it is, the Liberal government will raise the cost of electricity delivered to Ontarians. That's a fact. They have to. And when that happens, the incremental change from the HST is going to go up as well. Now these are all nitpicking, but it's sort of like death by a thousand cuts. It's it's getting ready to pay more for exactly the same thing that you already experience. It's not as if you're going to be getting better electricity because you're paying more money for it. It's the same electricity. You're not going to be getting better gasoline because you're going to be paying more money for it. You're not going to be getting better insurance, but you will be paying more money for it. Everything that you have now, everything stayed the same. If you if you created the economist basket uh, for, for when they calculate inflation, throw everything in there and throw an extra 8% on. That's how much your bills are going to go up in the immediate future. After that, uh, when the uh, checks stop coming in, when your when your hundred dollar rebate stops coming in from from Dalton, you're footing the entire bill. Will it drive some people into the poorhouse? I don't think so. Will it change people's spending habits? I think it will. Given this latest economic downturn that's happened, I know when I'm creating my own household budget, I'm I'm paying much more attention to what comes in and out every month. In my own personal situation, I get paid once a month, simply because the company that I work for used to be a consulting firm, so they would receive their fees once per month, and that practice has continued. So I have to use my credit cards and then pay them all off at the beginning of the next month to make it through the month because I don't have the cash sitting around handy. Something happens, hey, i got to pay for it now. Luckily, I have not been able to carry, well, I, I, have, I am able, but I have avoided carrying any balances on my credit cards. I'm using free short-term financing from my friends at Amex, Visa, and MasterCard. But there's going to be a month, I know, where I won't be able to make that payment. And then I'm paying. Will this be enough to put me over the edge? An extra 8% here, an extra 8% there. The death of a thousand cuts. So you sum it up, and you have the provincial government that loves this because they get to expand the PST tax base. They get to charge it on more items. They don't spend any money to collect it. The federal government takes all the money in, and I'm sure that they keep it, invest it for a little bit, get a little juice off the back end. That sounds disgusting, but that's the way it works with money. The more you have and the longer you can keep it, as long as you defer your payments, it's a bonus for you. The longer you take to pay, the better. So the feds are making a little bit of, a little bit of extra cash. The province is raking it in. Because A, they're not spending any money, and again, uh, they're, they're having it pooled for them so they don't have to do any of the admin work. Businesses, I guess they support it as well, on the whole. Businesses would be supporting it, for the various reasons that we've given so far. And the only person who, well, person, but the only group 
should be vocal and saying they don't like this is the final consumer. Me and you. The end consumer. It's going to affect us the most on a day-to-day -day basis. I would like to take this one opportunity, though, before we end the show, to dispel any, uh, you know, maybe critics of my own who will be uh, calling me a right-wing nut uh, because, yes, I focus on the PC party only because I believe that they are the ones that have a real chance of forming the next government and ousting the liberals and Dalton McGuinty. Um, even, and, and, and I would say this, the right-thinking members of the NDP party, they will not experience another Bob Ray miracle from the 1990s. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and say, oh, we have an NDP government. No one quite really understands how that happened. I still can't find anyone who actually voted for Bob Ray all these years later. But the right-thinking members of the party will say, no, we have to grow the party by leaps and bounds. Yes, they have to come out and say, they have to give you the rhetoric of, when we become government, we are going to become the next government. But the right-thinking members of that party know that they have to experience some significant growth before they can lay real claim to power. So I focus on the PCs. Not because I particularly agree with right-wing, left-wing. I, I, I try to stay away from that ideological talk. But the people running those parties and the people existing as politicians and the people that are writing the critics, they make it so easy to bash along those ideological lines, along that left-right divide that we see our neighbors to the south, the United States, it, it tore that country apart over the last decade. I would simply like for someone to stand up and say, here's what I believe. I'm more of a quadrant type of person when it comes to that than left-right. Um, and again, if you've taken any introductory courses on poli-sci, you know that there's a it's not simply an ideological left-right divide, but there are quadrants that you can have. You can have differing opinions on financial matters. You can have different opinions on social matters. You can be slightly conservative or slightly liberal on one and be slightly conservative or slightly liberal on the other. They're not exactly related. I won't get into that. It's been a long show. I'm sure I've given you a ton to think about. I encourage you all, for all the links that have been mentioned, head to radiofreeg.blogspot. Dot com. You can catch all the links and catch all the past episodes of the show. This is episode 40, by the way, uh, some, somewhat of a milestone episode. So there's 38 other episodes. Correct, 38, not 39. We had a lost episode in there once, but I'll let you poke around on the site and find it out for yourselves. You can get the story for that. On behalf of myself, Radio Free G, and everyone in the Radio Free G family, I'll catch you again next time on the G-Band. End transmission. You have been listening to Radio Free G. Send all feedback and show ideas to radiofreeg at gmail.com or visit the website at radiofreeg.logspot.com. Catch you again next time on the G Band. End transmission. <laughs>